Hey everybody, welcome. Uh, this is our third installment of the Advent readings. I feel like I'm DJing my way through Advent uh, for us. But this reading uh, is by John Piper called Conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's a reflection on Luke 1, 30 through 35. I'm going to go ahead and read that passage of scripture and then jump into the reflection. This is Luke 1, 30 to 35. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. A recent book calls the Holy Spirit the shy member of the Trinity. His ministry is to point away from himself to the wonder of God the Son, and God the Father. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means being filled with the love for Christ. When Jesus promised the Spirit in John 16, 14, he said, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit is shy. He is self-effacing. When we look towards him, he steps back and pushes forward Jesus Christ. Therefore, in seeking to be filled and empowered by the Spirit, we must pursue Him indirectly. We must look to the wonder of Christ. If we look away from Jesus and seek the Spirit and His power directly, we will end up in the mire of our own subjective emotions. The Spirit does not reveal Himself. The Spirit reveals Christ. The fullness of the Spirit is the fullness that He gives as we gaze upon Christ. The power of the Spirit is the power we feel in the presence of Christ. The joy of the Spirit is the joy that we feel from the promises of Christ. Many of us know what it is to crouch on the floor and to cry out for the Holy Spirit, for joy and power, and experience nothing. But the next day, devote ourselves to earnest meditation on the glory of Jesus Christ and be filled with the Spirit. Devote yourselves to seeing and feeling the grandeur of the love of God in Jesus Christ, and you will be so in harmony with the Holy Spirit that His power will flow mightily into your life. Christian spiritual experience is not vague religious emotion. It is an emotion with objective content, and the content is Jesus Christ. The shy member of the Trinity does mighty work, but he never puts himself in the limelight. You may say he is the limelight that puts the attributes of God the Father and the person of Christ into sharp relief. Therefore, when the time came for the eternal Son of God to be sent by his Father into the world, the work of the Holy Spirit was quiet, unobtrusive work in the service of the Father and the Son. Through him the Father caused the Son to be conceived in Mary the Virgin. So from the very beginning of Christ's incarnation, 
the Holy Spirit was quietly doing what needed to be done to put forward Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of man. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. This is where the shy member of the Trinity, who inspired this scripture, does his best work. He magnifies Jesus, not himself. His name will be Jesus. In Hebrew, Joshua, which means Savior or Deliverer. Gabriel loves to highlight grace. Before he tells Mary of Christ's greatness and dignity and power, he tells her how he is going to use this greatness and dignity and power. He is going to use it as a Savior. So don't be afraid, Mary. Your child will be your very Savior. He will be Jesus. He will be great. Jesus is great. He is very great. A Christian who feels ashamed of Jesus is like a candle feeling ashamed of the sun. Our Lord Jesus has been appointed the heir of all things, through whom also God created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Hebrews 1, 2, and 3. Is there anything great in the world that excites you, that you go out of your way to see or to hear? Christ made it, and he is 10 million times greater in every respect except sin. If you took all the greatest thinkers of every country and of every century of the world and put them in a room with Jesus, they would shut their mouths and listen to the greatness of his wisdom. All of the greatest generals would listen to his strategy. All the greatest musicians would listen to his music theory and his performance on every instrument. There is nothing that Jesus cannot do a thousand times better than the person you admire most in any area of human endeavor under the sun. Words fail to fill the greatness of Jesus. Gabriel says, he will be called the Son of the Most High. It's true that the disciples of Jesus are also called Sons of the Most High. And so some say that the Sonship of Jesus is not anything more than what you or I have. I doubt that for two reasons. One is that Gabriel is giving a description of what distinguishes Jesus. He is great. He is king. He is eternal. It would be pointless and out of place to say, he is merely a son of God by faith like you and me. The other reason is that in Luke 8:28, a demon cries to Jesus, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. The demons recognize that Jesus' sonship is not like ours. As the son of God, he has the right and the power to torment the forces of Satan. So Gabriel means Jesus is uniquely God's Son, the divine word and the image of God, 
begotten from all eternity. Gabriel says, The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Since Mary's son will be the savior of his people, will be superior in greatness, and will be called the Son of the Most High, it is fitting and inevitable that he will be king. He will fulfill all the prophecies that a son of David will rule over Israel. But not only over Israel. Isaiah 11.10 says, In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Mary's son will someday rule the world. Gabriel says, He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Do you see what this promise means? It means that Jesus is alive and is ruling over his people right now, today. Do you believe that? Jesus, Savior, Son of God, King of the world, is governing. If Gabriel has spoken the truth, the issue right now, no matter where you live on this planet, is, will you bow down before the kingship of Jesus and obey the rule of his kingdom? Now Mary catches her breath, and instead of mocking the impossible, she humbly asks, How will this be, since I am a virgin? She was ready to believe that she might give birth to the Messiah, but that she might give birth as a virgin was beyond comprehension. But her attitude was humble and open, so Gabriel answered her as far as he was allowed. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Gabriel's answer to Mary's question, how, is very simply and delicately the Holy Spirit. Beyond this, revelation does not go. How can a virgin have a child? How can the human child be the divine Son of God? The answer? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Son of God. The word therefore in Luke 1.35 is tremendously important. It shows that the conception of Jesus in a virgin is owing to the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit. It shows that the divine sonship of Jesus depends on his virgin birth. Many people will try to say that the conception of Jesus by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary is not essential in the doctrine of the Incarnation, since Jesus would have been the Son of God even if the virgin birth weren't true. The words of Gabriel do not agree. In answer to the question, how can a virgin conceive, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Jesus can be called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, precisely because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. It is an unfathomable mystery that all the fullness of deity should dwell bodily in Jesus. It is fitting, indeed necessary, I think, 
that the entrance gate to this mystery of the Incarnation should be the virgin birth. And it should cause us to smile with pleasure that the shy member of the Trinity should be assigned the delicate and wonderful and mysterious work of causing the virgin to conceive, to conceive the one whose greatness he will magnify forever. It's all so beautifully appropriate. In verses 36 and 37, Gabriel gives the pregnancy of barren Elizabeth as evidence for Mary that nothing will be impossible with God. The Holy Spirit may be shy, but he's also omnipotent. What a tribute to Jesus that an omnipotent member of the Trinity exists to magnify his greatness. Mary responds by saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can you say, let the Holy Spirit do with me as he pleases? Do you trust the Spirit enough to say, I'm your slave, take me. Use your omnipotent power to put me where you want me, when you want me there, doing what you want me to do. Do you know why we can entrust ourselves to the Holy Spirit? Because he exists to exalt the glory of Jesus Christ. Therefore, if the heartbeat of your life is the glory of Jesus Christ, the Spirit will empower and help you with all of his might. Let's live and speak so that men and women might know that Jesus Christ is a great Savior, the Son of the Most High, and the never-ending King of Kings. That's the passion of the Holy Spirit. To be full of that is to be full of him.